Welcome, y'all. This is Podcast More Life. We got another new episode coming at you today. I am your host, Kyle Loftus. If you're new, welcome. We're happy to have you. Come along, join the journey. <laughs> if you've been here for, for a minute, you know what the deal is. We've got some incredible value coming at you here shortly. First and foremost, I want to just briefly introduce our, our guest here today. We have Kieran Britton. Kieran is a speaker, life coach, adventurer, and so much more. Kieran loves to dream of the ridiculous and make it a reality. Whether it's cycling across Canada or converting a school bus into a full-time home, there is nothing Kieran enjoys more than testing the limits and learning more about herself. Growing up in the outdoors has crafted Kieran into who she is today, yet she still has hesitations and self-doubt. Kieran wanted to create a place where everyone could learn and grow together, demolishing self-doubt while building a community. Thus, she created the Lady Alliance, where she has found healing, soulless, friends, family, and so much more. Join us today as we talk about building a community, finding happiness, and so much more. Without further ado, let's dive on into this week's episode of Podcast More Life. Uh, first and foremost, just wanted to uh, you know acknowledge you and uh, thank you again for making the time. Um, really, really appreciate it, um, and I know our listeners will as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to acknowledge um, you know what you're doing is is really, really special, um, and it's really, really inspiring. And it's cool that uh, you know you found a way to to bridge kind of different worlds and different gaps, you know, bring adventure and kind of cohesively make it have a positive impact um, and empower uh, and inspire people as well through these these various kind of programs and just the Lady Alliance, you know, as a whole. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to, again, you know, thank you for for doing what you do. I think uh, a lot of people are, are getting a lot of value out of that. And I'm really, really excited to see where things go for you. Thank you so much. That that means a lot to hear. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, with that being said, and with um, thinking about the future, I do want to talk a little bit about the the present and what we're facing um, currently with with the trials of COVID nineteen. So, um, mm-hmm. first and foremost, brief summary um, for our listeners here. You know, what does the Lady Alliance do? Um, and how have you had to shift as a result of COVID? Oh, that is a great question because my goodness, have we had to shift? Um, so the Lady Alliance is a collective of women aiming to build confidence and community through adventure. Um, our big goal is to unite the mental health and the outdoor industry. So it's really important to us to bring in conversations about mental health, as well as discuss uh, the importance of including the mental health and inclusion aspect into the outdoor industry. Um, we we also have a, a, a branch, which we call Summit Within. Summit Within is just kind of a, a side subsidiary of the Lady Alliance, which provides mental health and empowerment support online. So we do online courses, different things like that, both free and paid courses to help inspire and empower um, people with their mental and different mindsets. So um, that is kind of who the Lady Alliance is in a nutshell. What we provide is we provide women and those who see themselves as women experiences where they get to connect with kindred spirits and like-minded adventurers as well as build confidence in themselves and their capabilities so we host everything from 
mountain hiking retreats to uh, navigation courses. We've sponsored women to become guides or uh, we've hiked the West Coast Trail. We've done retreats in Bali. We do a few different female or those who see themselves as female only trips. But then we also do tours and these tours we partner with different brands such as um, Arcteryx, Fial Raven, Mammut, um, and Mech, which is Mech is Mountain Equipment Co-op. It's a Canadian-based cooperative, a lot like REI, but the Canadian REI. And so we partner with um, these different brands providing a tour or a series of events across a country um, to bring our events to people. So whether that's film tours with different films or um, empowerment tours with different speakers, we bring forward these different events to local communities. And through doing so, we feature female speakers and we feature female-based films, um, but those are welcome, those, those events welcome everyone. They're not closed doors event, they're not exclusive events like our retreats or different things like that. These events, the tours, are open to everyone that wants to join because we feel as though that there is a very um, huge need, I think, for men, women, all genders to realize and feel inspired and empowered by women. I think that um, we have, we just want to create this space where women can share their stories and inspire everyone instead of just ensuring that it's female to female or those them see, that see themselves as. It just is really important for us to show everyone these incredible stories that these females have. So um, that's kind of where we are with our tours. Usually this is done in person. So pre-COVID, we would go into an Arcteric store. We would invite our community in. Um, maybe we're in the Seattle store, all of our Seattle community would come into the store, we'd experience this event together, we'd have snacks, we would have a bit of a community get together, and then we'd continue on our way. Um, now with COVID, obviously that is not happening anymore. And uh, we had to call our tours quits um, mid empowerment tour. So we were actually on the road, I was in LA, and we didn't get to have our Los Angeles event uh, prior to the COVID outbreak. I had to fly home and quarantine myself and then have been working from isolation since then. And uh, we put it all on the back burner. In March, we actually said as a community with Arcteryx that, hey, come May, come Mother's Day, we'll hit the ground again and we'll go to all your stores and it'll be as it was and here we are and it is not as it was so we actually made the shift to deliver this as a virtual event so since covid um the covid outbreak which actually happened i'm based in canada and so it happened in canada very late um, it was getting bad kind of everywhere else first, but because I was in LA and it, I was I was more affected by the timelines of LA, so I had closed down the Lady Alliance in line with um, the Californian government at the time and their closing down of different events. So I came home and, and we just kind of put everything on pause at that point. So our communities actually did not really host any events um, mid-March on it all and so even though Canada was just a little late in the uptake for it we were we were definitely 
not ahead of the curve. I think we were still very much so behind the curve. I think that we all kind of reacted a little bit late, but um, we were definitely more in line with other timelines than the Canadian timelines. And so um, that kind of gave us a little bit of a head start in comparison to other Canadian groups and, and um, other Canadian groups that do events similar to ours. We came home, I had to quarantine because I was out of country and we decided to shift to offer free events every single day of the week through our Facebook group. So we do everything from our live Woman Up series where we go one-on-one -on -one with women in our community and feature them um, on our live Facebook group um, for our global community group. So this Wednesday we have live music with a, mu or a musician. Uh, next Wednesday we're interviewing an incredible author. Um, just things like that kind of go up and uh, every single Monday or Wednesday, we do mini book clubs. We have a Quarren training workout that we do a live workout series every Thursday. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we do different watch parties and, and yoga. We do yoga every Friday um, with our yoga instructor that joins us on all of our retreats. So it's, it, was a, it was a really quick shift for us. We did it really quickly, um, but we definitely did have a bit of a head start just being on the LA timeline of everything um, in comparison to everything else. So yeah. It's, it's been, been a big, big shift. <laughs> and, you know, I know we were talking a little bit before we, we hopped on the podcast here and, and you've seen some pretty good results from it. So, you know, how do you... How do you decipher what, what's best for for the brand and Lady Lines moving forward? Um, you know, I mean, it's I guess it's it's so difficult because you know the convenience of placing things online like has to be so good for the current community members and anyone joining um, and be able to have that ease of access to to multiple kind of different areas is great. But you know, also I know as you kind of strive with it, the whole point is really to build community and um, real like growth and empowerment. And I think, you know, at least from my personal perspective, I think that really comes from like, you know, personable experience. So actually getting out there and, and getting your hands dirty, if you will, and being a part of the process. So how do you find that that right balance um, between, uh, you know, I guess online and having this virtual space of the Lady Alliance and and the physical, um, you know, kind of in the future um, as, as COVID kind of uh, hopefully depletes here in the coming months? That's a really great question. I will be honest, I don't know if I have an answer for it. Um, I, I find it very important to involve local communities. Um, I can't be local everywhere. I'm one person. When it comes to big business decisions, I have almost, it's almost like a bit of a board. Um, so I, I have a select group of women that are very involved in the Lady Alliance. Maybe they've spoken at our different events or maybe they attend all of our events or whatever they may be. Um, they help me make big decisions moving forward. So anytime it has anything to do with a legal issue, a financial issue, a um, tour issue, a client issue, things that I can't make my mind up with. Um, I reach out to multiple members of the community. I do my best to make sure that they are um, as diverse as possible when it comes to not only the look in like what we call like the, the looks or the, the physical diversity, but also socioeconomic, uh, their locations, everything like that. So I've got this pretty dispersed group of incredible women that I reach on, reach out to and rely on 
for big decisions that need to be made. But in the end, it is just me in the background um, doing all of this. And I know that I can't do it alone. I can't be local in each community alone. Um, and so definitely can't be in more than one place. So uh, we do have local chapter coordinators. So our local chapter coordinators are usually the women that run um, these local events kind of everywhere. So they do, um, they do hikes as a group, and these are all free events for the community. So for example, our local chapter coordinators in Denver led a morning hike in February, and then um, afterwards they did a tailgate breakfast, and then they all went to work afterwards. And the community is welcome to come to that hike and the breakfast, and then they continue on. Our Vancouver chapter for Halloween did a climbing night with costumes, and our Washington DC chapter went to the Women's History Museum. And, and so we have chapters in all of these different local communities, and women that are local there come on board uh, to volunteer their time to organize these events. So that's what really helps me. I don't have to be local in each chapter all of the time. We have events running monthly with these incredible women. These women really take charge and they run their own version of the Lady Alliance, which they do in such a beautiful way. We have incredible women. We have like one of our chapter coordinators um, right now it's all on pause just because we can't run any events and she is a nurse and she's in Denver and she's volunteering and moving herself to New York to help out during COVID here and just incredible women that yeah they just they inspire community and they inspire me to be honest um, they're they're so incredible but what I love about each of them is they've all applied to be volunteers with the Lady Alliance because they wanted to unite their community. Um, maybe that means that they were new to the area and they wanted to meet friends and bring together women. Maybe that means they just love adventure and want to help inspire women. Maybe they're connected to the cause of the Lady Alliance. These ladies are the feet that keep the Lady Alliance moving forward. And so that's how I do it. Um, it's, it's, a very interesting process. These uh, ladies really, they work hard. They're, they're incredible. Um, and then usually if there's a client-based event that's more of like those series or those tours that I talked about, I will take that tour all the way across Canada or the United States and I'll, I'll provide that uh, event series for those clients. With COVID and with this switch and, and balancing those two, just to reflect this back to the question, um, I don't know what that looks like post-COVID. It might mean that our local chapter coordinators are running the in-person events and our tours become more virtual than physical. Um, it might mean that there's a mixture of a bo like both or a bunch of them, or it might mean that we bring on event managers that run tours and, and we expand from there. I'm not too sure what that looks like, but I do know based on my own mental health and exhaustion from past uh, past tours. I mean, you know, last June and July, I lived in the vehicle thanks to our partner budget rent-a-cars. We were able to stay in the vehicle itself. We had a very minimal budget at that point. And we, I lived in the vehicle for a month and a half in the dead of summer and it was hot and exhausting. And so I know I'm going to burn out if I keep doing it. So um, I, yeah, I think that a shift is is here and I've just kind of got to figure out what that looks like to make sure that we can do both virtual and in person.
Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think an important thing you mentioned there is is you can't do it alone. And the fact of having a team, I think that's so true with anything in life. You know, if you really want to reach the maximum potential of, of what you can achieve, you know, with with a with a business or a cause, you know, I think it always involves getting other people uh, and, and building a team. And so with that, you know, how do you as as kind of the the business owner operator, you know, you're the founder of the Lady Alliance. This is this is your baby, right? You know, you, you've taken it from the ground up. So I'm sure you are extremely passionate about it. And one thing I, I, um, I heard uh, once was, uh, you know, essentially you have to understand that no one's ever going to love your business as much as you do. They're never going to invest as much into it. Um, mm-hmm. And so it makes the, the, the task of being an owner and operator even more difficult. So I'm curious, you know, how have you um, been able to find success and kind of, I guess, cipher through the process of of determining if this individual, you know, is is the right person to be a chapter leader for the Lady Alliance? Was it trial and error? Is there certain questions you ask that that really um, tend to yield the the answers of if they, you know, align with the same values that 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 you and Lady Alliance have? Like, what is your process um, for kind of deciphering um, and building out these these uh, key figures to, to operate these chapters in various areas? Oh, this question is amazingly timed, actually, because we have had um, very recently some issues with this. And I will preface this by saying that I don't have the perfect answer. I don't have the perfect formula. Um, it's it's always just you hope for the best. My, my interview process to become a chapter coordinator is more of an interview of me and the community than it is for them. Um, and maybe I, I do this wrong and maybe people have found success in other ways. Uh, for me, it's really important for me um, bringing these women into the community that, uh, oh my, sorry, that recording just started echoing there. Um, it's really important for me for this, bringing them into this community that um, they feel really welcome. So when I, when I bring a person in or when they apply and they want to come in, I do a Zoom call with them. We connect face-to-face and I explain who the Lady Alliance is. I explain my passion for it, where it came from, where it's going. I explain all of the incredible women that are involved with it. I explain that from our first trip in 2017, there were women that connected in that trip and have been best friends ever since and now have traveled the world together. And those are the connections that we're so excited to provide your community. So I really try and allow them to see my passion for it and to see um, why and how they can be passionate for it because everybody resonates with those stories differently, whether they come in because they're looking for their own connections or they come in to inspire others, whatever that might be, they resonate with it differently. Um, And I just kind of explain to them what's involved with being a chapter coordinator. What are your tasks? Um, I do record these Zoom calls. So I do have, I I can improve on myself and my delivery and my training moving forward. And I do have this ability to share it with them so that they can always go back to it. But I think it's really important to set up boundaries for yourself as a business owner in that point as well. Um, My, I learned very heavily um, last month actually, 
that if I don't establish boundaries, um, it will come back to bite me in the butt. And I think that it's really important as a business owner to have business friends. Those people in your life because of your business are really important. But that friendship shouldn't cloud your business side and um, it's really hard when you're in an area of passion. I'm working in this area where people come on board because they're passionate and people have businesses because they're passionate and they've moved maybe from a corporate lifestyle into this passion business and so if you set up boundaries or if you say no it's a direct insult to someone in some way and so navigating those boundaries and, and establishing those boundaries are really important and what I find Actually, what I've found is that um, you really get to know a person when you start to say no to them. I'm not saying jump in and just say no right away, but what I have found is is once you start to say no to these these different people, you get to see, are these guys adaptable? Are they going to shift and flow? I think it's really important, especially if you're running events, to be flexible. So if you come up to a hard no, it's important that that person is flexible and movable and flowable. And um, I've definitely learned that if you give someone a hard no and it's, it's not the way that you need to move forward, then you get to see how they flex and flow. Um, but I don't really have an answer for it because I, I just encourage everyone to fail forward and that's kind of what I've been doing is people that want to come on board, um, they come on board, they're welcome in the community. So everybody is welcome in this community if they want to take steps further and become a chapter coordinator, they're more than welcome to do so. Um, we, I definitely encourage it. So it's never an interview process where I vet them. I just really encourage them to vet me and for me to establish the boundaries and let them know, okay, our expectation for the community is that the community has one event a month. So if this isn't something that you can do, maybe that means that you come on board with someone else and you split the tasks. Or maybe um, it's just you establishing boundaries with me and I'm establishing boundaries with you and then you have to assess if you feel like I and my community are a fit for you. So I just let them do the filtering as long as I have very clear boundaries. I think that's important. And if you are looking at building a community or you're looking at bringing someone on, contracts are just so important. Um, yes, I, I always encourage everyone to put the money and the effort and the organization into contracts um, because that's where your boundaries lie. So if you have a non-compete, if you have an NDA, if you have a intellectual property agreement within your contract, those things keep you safe in the long term. And so it's just really important that the contract is then withheld and that the person coming on board has a very clear understanding of that contract. Absolutely. Um, you know, and with that being said, um, just real quick to, um, to kind of, I guess, simplify the process anyone who's who's looking to, to start something like this you know what would you recommend that they get uh an accountant and an attorney on retainer or do you feel that you know you can navigate these uh quote-unquote um contracting um yourself as an individual like what would you recommend Ooh, that's a great question and everybody's going to come into business ownership, whether it's community, whether it's a hair salon, whether it's a, a contracting business, all everyone's going to come into owning a business 
in a different way, financially, um, educational-wise, that kind of thing. So um, my encouragement for everyone, we didn't have the finances. I, I started this with hardly any money to my name, if, if not nothing, and everything that I made during the process of building the Lady Alliance went into the Lady Alliance. Like, I put everything that I had into the Lady Alliance, and to top that off, like, like I lived in a school bus for almost a full year, and I actually was living in Canmore, Alberta at the time. I was living behind the Savon food store, living in Canmore, Alberta in my bus and going to a church and a young entrepreneur group for like pasta nights and soup nights and and I was bare bones it was minus 20 at night and I was so cold and like just barely surviving trying to get this business going so everybody's going to come at it at a different financial point um, but I think that legal is really important to get yourself going and I do think that finance is really important to get yourself going. Um, I always suggest that if you have the ability to speak to legal counsel. But what's really awesome is, and I don't know about every different local business or local area, but where I started the business, we had something called um, the Women's Entrepreneur of Saskatchewan. I was in Saskatchewan when I first ever started the business. Then I moved out to Canmore and, and lived behind the Savon, <laughs> um, which I loved. But when I was in Saskatchewan, there was the Women's Entrepreneur of Saskatchewan or Women's Entrepreneur Entrepreneurship of Saskatchewan. It's WISC, W-E-S-K. And then there was also Square One. And both WISC and Square One offered um, an hour free with a lawyer or an hour free with an accountant. And they were small business startup, um, government, yeah, government funded uh, enterprises that would help small businesses get going. And so my contract, uh, my first ever contract, I didn't have five, six, seven hundred dollars to take it to a lawyer and get them to create it or review it. So I did the contract itself on Law Depot and I got on for free. It's a one week free trial. I clocked out, canceled my membership after five days so I wouldn't get charged. And then I had the bare bones of a contract and then I took that to get reviewed by the lawyer. And then the lawyer gave the final corrections and edits and then full, like full stamp of approval. Um, and that's how I started with legal. So there's ways to do it for free, but I definitely suggest doing it in general. It's funny you say that. That's like literally verbatim how I did it, like starting out. So I, I originally did, I had no idea. I had no idea how to register my business or like any of that stuff. So I just signed up for like a legal Zoom account and was like starting to go through the process there. Um, and then it turned out my uncle's brother um, is a lawyer, um, deals more with patents and stuff. But regardless, so I reached out to him and then I ended up just canceling and doing everything myself. But like I signed up for LegalZoom and I just downloaded like 80 different contracts, like model releases, yeah. NDA, like everything. And then, yeah, I just kind of slowly kind of progressed. But I think I think the important thing, at least for me, like I always just highly encourage people to self-educate yourself but if you have yeah. the the ability the finances to do it then i highly encourage an accountant and a lawyer um i know my accountant just last year alone saved me over ten thousand dollars in taxes 
So um, yeah, yeah. they're they're very, very helpful. I want to take it back yeah. um, to the, the kind of questions we were having there with the chapter coordinators. And this one might be mm-hmm. a little bit difficult, but I think it's an important and an interesting one because you have an you have an interesting business structure. Um, your, your business mm-hmm. is is really, really it, it emphasizes and is entirely focused on on community. Right. And so correct me if I'm wrong. But with that being said, I think that that would yield that the Lady Alliance is is bigger than yourself. Correct. Correct. A hundred percent correct. Every decision that I make on behalf of the Lady Alliance, I don't make on behalf of myself or my ego or anything like that. My my decisions are based on the community. And sometimes I don't like the decisions that we make. Um, but I always try and make sure that they're aligned with the values and anything that, um, my ego might struggle with is something that I bring forward to this. I have a group of women that I, I, that are very close to me and, and the, more importantly, the community. And I always ask their advice and we almost vote on it. And sometimes it's not the answer that I want to hear, but yeah, that, that is exactly it is. I ask the community how they want the community to respond in certain circumstances. And so what is that process like? Like, do you have an example of a time when when maybe you, you wanted to take uh, take uh, maybe it was one of the trips in a different direction or you wanted to add something in, but but everyone else wanted wanted something different. Like, how do you navigate that then? Because that's that's got to be tough, because, again, you know, it, it's like. I think about it for myself, like if, you know, when I talk to marketing people, if I'm trying to run a new marketing campaign to, to get new clients and I come up with this idea that I think is amazing and they tell me it's not going to work, you need to do this. And I'm just like, I, I listen, but at the end, like, it's, it's really, really hard for me because I just like, you know, it's like, I don't, it's hard. It's so hard to set aside that, that ego and, and that, that passion that you have, you know, again, when, when something's yours, you know, like, like a mother with her child, like no one can call her baby mm-hmm. ugly. Like it's her baby. Right. So I'm, I'm just yeah. curious, like how, how you really work through that process. And like, if you have any like specific, I guess, like tangible, um, techniques that you implement that I guess kind of help you think through this process, whether that's like just writing down in a journal or like taking just like three days and not even thinking about it, anything like that. Yeah. Um, well, so I guess the most recent example would be we did have a legal issue and I won't get too much into the details, but, uh, we had three paths forward in this legal issue and my ego was bruised. And so I was worried that I would make a decision based on ego. And so I lay out options. And I think as a business owner, and especially as a business owner with passion for what you're in, I think your gut kind of does know where to go with something. I mean, for example, uh, with your case, and if it's like a marketing shift or something like that, sometimes you just go for it. And sometimes it doesn't work. And that's okay. <laughs> that is totally okay. I love the concept of failing forward. I think that that's really important. And I think as business owners, it's really important because it helps cultivate and realign our gut and it allows our gut instinct to continue to evolve and be right and be in line with the business. Um, but for our most recent example, um, I was concerned that I ha- was reacting with a 
um, or I would, I guess I, I didn't end up reacting at this point, but that I would react on a, um, based on my ego, based on my bruised ego. And so, um, I just, I really encourage everyone to take a step back and to, um, talk with your mentors and everybody has mentors, whether that's a friend that they really respect or a parent or a, a teacher or a, uh, individual in their community or, a therapist. Um, in this case, my mom is in HR, so I reached out to my mom. I reached out to an individual who owns a very, very successful traveling company. He's a good friend of mine. I really appreciate his um, opinion on things, and his business mind is very sharp. Um, I reached out to my lawyer. I reached out to my therapist, and that's who I started with. That was my five. I started with five people. I explained the situation. And this was where, these are the people that I felt safe enough to say, this is the situation, this is my ego, this is where I'm mad. And those people, gave, those five people gave me this opportunity to say, okay, check your ego, and here are the ways that you can move forward with this. And between all five of them, I came up with three good options and how I can move forward. And then I take those three options I create an email, I call out to one or two of these people, and I read the email to them to make sure that there's no ego involved in it and that it's a safe email to send. And then I send it to those ladies that are a part of the community that help make each decision. And they, fought, they, they get to kind of vote then on their decision. And that really helps me get my venting session out multiple times. I get to vent to like five people, which is great. <laughs> and then I get to have this ego-less response. You have to go through so many hoops. There's like no way you can like <laughs> end up <laughs> yeah. making the wrong decision. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's that's great. Um, and so it's definitely a lot of steps for sure. It, it turns out to be a very slow turnaround time, which actually gives me benefit because then I've spaced myself away from it enough to take a breath. And so, you know, I know you mentioned earlier, like boundaries, do you kind of establish something with these, these different people you have these, these close relationships with? I, I'm just curious, you know, I know for me, I often ask um, friends of mine for their opinion on things when I have a similar situation, but I find mm -hmm. that um, I find that people that are, uh, I guess, I don't know how to say this, not less friends. I just I don't talk to them as much. You know, I maybe not as close with them. I find I get profoundly more honest answers. So I'm curious, yes. you know, you work very closely with these women, um, you're in constant communication. They sound like, again, like they're, they're very close to you as well. And so you have a strong relationship. So how do you, um, keep those separate, you know, keep, keep the personal and the, the business separate, or I guess, how do you find the best balance of, of those two mixing? Cause you know, I mean, I guess with, again, something like this, you're so passionate about the personal does obviously, you know, bleed into the business side. Oh, that's such a great question. Cause I fail at this so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in my past, I have, had some really painful, heartbreaking separations that the reality is, is I shared too much personal information with a business associate. 
and vice versa. And so we would start out as business partners or we'd start out as um, even just friends, but then they get involved in the business. However, it starts out and the two lines become muddy. And those are the relationships that when the lines become muddy and boundaries are not respected, those are the relationships that blow up. Um, I have experienced this many, many times now. Not many, many times now. I've experienced this three times now. And three times recently because I've run this business for three years. So in the last three years, it's happened three times. And I have only now, because it's happened in a pattern for me, I've only now begun to understand the pattern. And for me, that pattern... Pardon? Yeah. It needs to happen. I think it needs to happen multiple times for people to pick up on what's going on and dissect it. Um, And unfortunately, that happened to me. But um, what I found was um, if I don't associate... The, if, if I, sorry, if I kind of more blur the lines between business and friendship um, without establishing very clear boundaries, it, it eliminates the respect in a lot of ways in a relationship. Um, so if it's a business relationship, I do prefer to keep it business. And then if it's a friendship, I prefer to keep it friendship. Um, that's not saying that your business relationships are not your friends. I have friends in the business that I think are the most incredible people. I really enjoy their friendship. But the reality is, is that the business is what brought us in. If they need to talk about a divorce or a friendship issue or a, a relationship or something that's outside of the business scope, I am 100% there for them and here to listen and here to um, be there for them through that. But the baseline of that friendship is the business, and I want to nurture that and respect that. And then I have friends that hear the nitty-gritty. You know, they hear the things that, like, they hear my own self-doubt, and they hear um, my issues. And those are the people that I keep separate, and they, they get to hear it all, and therefore those lines aren't blurry, so therefore I don't have... Um, someone maybe that is in the friendship and business realm um, losing maybe respect for me when it comes to making a decision because then those no's aren't taken well. So if I make a business decision, that's when it could start to get personal and the no's don't get respected and then it kind of moves on from there. Um, Whereas if you just keep it business and friendship, I think that that is really, really important. Frankly, especially being a young female in business, I do feel like there's lines that are blurred very quickly, um, especially with self-doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, just, I guess, continuing to kind of build off of that. So, you know, when you're going through this entire... Actually... I got a better question. Um, I'm going to kind of shift this a little bit. So um, when we're talking about, you know, you have to balance and kind of, I guess, oversee all these different things. And you are the the face of the Lady Alliance, right? You are you're the founder. So what does that what does that look like for you? Like, do you feel as as the founder, it's okay for you to to look 
um, to vul- be vulnerable, to, to, to be weak? Um, do you feel you have to have this, this strong presence, um, all the time? I think something that's really interesting. I was talking to my buddy, uh, um, Zach about is, mm-hmm. you know, early on in his career, um, he didn't have a huge following or anything. Um, didn't have a bunch of people reaching out or anything. So whenever he'd get negative comments or bad feedback, it was no big deal. But as he right. grew and built and more and more people became invested and followed him and cared about his journey. And again, were invested in his journey and his process. The more he felt pain and hurts, etc., anxiety, stress, fear, when, when people would leave these, these negative comments and feedback and, and such. So right. I'm curious for you as, as a, as a business owner, um, but a business owner of, of something like the Lady Alliance, you know, what is what does that look like for you? You know, is it OK for you to to just have a day where like you're just broken down? Is it OK to be weak or do you feel, you know, you have to have this this I am unstoppable presence about you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and to be frank, I think my answer may be different as a female compared to other genders that may not experience it the same way. Um, I feel as though, and not being a male, I can't say for sure, but I feel as though there's an expectation on men to not be vulnerable and to know their step forward. Um, Whereas I feel as though I have immense support from my community So if it comes to me needing to reach out to community for help or me needing to have a vote on how we move forward or um, me making the wrong step and it not being the best fit and shifting gears, that all works really well. Um, Because the community cares, they want to be involved and we're supporting each other here. However, as I think sometimes as a male, it's not as open to vulnerability as it might be for me. That being said, I also do feel like in some situations, if I maybe would have shown less vulnerability, then maybe the relationships wouldn't have ended the way that they had in the business. Um, But that being said, I think more in those cases, it was the blurred lines and the no boundaries that created the perfect breeding ground for um, when I needed to say no things to just kind of spiral at that point. So I think it was more in line with boundaries than vulnerability. But yeah, it's, I find as a female in a community um, that really are, the Lady Alliance was a community before it was a business. So me as a community or my community and me being in the community, I can show those vulnerabilities a little bit more and reach out for help. And the community is very well receiving. As a business owner or in any other business, um, I don't know if that would be the same. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's so interesting. Like, I, I just, like, why is that, you know? Why? Because we're all we're all human. <laughs> it's just it's um yeah it's very perplexing. And and I know we were we were yeah. talking about this a little bit um before the podcast. So I, I figured now's a, a good 
good kind of way to transition into it a little bit. But uh, I know we talked about how yeah. there's there's not really anything like this out there for men. And so um, just to kind of reiterate our thoughts, you know, I'd love to um, just again, get your opinion on, you know, why you think that is um, and what steps we as a society need to take to kind of make that that shift um, where it is OK for men to, you know, to be vulnerable um, and to talk about their issues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we were talking about this earlier and I was saying how um, gizmatic it was to have that conversation because I was just just today talking about it with someone else. Um, I think that having space for, first of all, encouraging and including everyone and, and making sure that inclusion is, is prevalent is important, but having space for exclusive groups that get to better the community together is so important as well. So us having a um, space that for our tours, we invite everyone to come. I love it when I see men in our tours, we'll have like maybe one or two men in a 16 location event with over 160 people. No, wait, that's not right. The math's not right there. We'll have 100 people per event. Um, so it's it's like 1,600 people coming to this event. And and it's an event series across, across the states or in Canada. And we will have two or three men show up to these events that aren't in a relationship with a speaker or working at the store or something like that. It is so rare for a man, man to come to our female-led event. Um, and so that, that space to welcome everyone in is really important. But I think that the exclusive locations, like the, the sorry, exclusive um, groups that promote empowering topics within that group is also really important. There should be these places where people feel un unequivocally welcome and safe. And that's really important. I think this is for sure the hardest time in the history of humans to be a man. It is for sure unbelievably difficult right now. Um, things are changing how we um, as women care to be seen is different. Um, maybe gender roles that we're not familiar with are shifting. I'm not a proponent of gender roles in general. Um, so that can be really difficult for, for men and everybody is finding their footing and everybody's learning how to coexist in a beautiful way. And now it goes beyond that as well. And there, we're, we're really focusing on the inclusion in the fact that there's more than just two genders. There is an array of genders that everybody needs to have a space where they feel welcome. To not feel welcome is incredibly difficult and it can be life and death for a lot of people. So including people, welcoming them in, it's just so important. And that all being said, I do feel like there is a lack of space for men to be men in a safe space where they can nurture vulnerability. And there's a lot of masculine, um, masculine uh, pressures, I guess I'm going to say masculine pressures in showing no vulnerability or showing um, just pure strength, no crying, no, no feelings, no emotion, no anything. And that is so toxic. And I think that it 
creates this space where you push people out. And if there's men, like men focused exclusive spaces that nurture vulnerability and create a safe space for men to feel this way, I just, I don't think that there's enough of that. I don't think that there is enough um, love and vulnerability for men at this point. And I think that that's something that needs to be addressed for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the big concerning things for me is like, it just, when I really sit back and think about it, I mean, the, the thoughts and the way you're supposed to act and what, and how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to do is literally thrown on you. Like the second you turn, you know, I guess probably around like eight to 10 years old, you get these these cultural norms kind of thrown on, you know, like a, a guy looks like this, a guy dresses like this. This is how a guy acts. And it's just, it's so, yeah, it's just interesting and wild, you know, cause you don't, obviously as a kid, you don't think about the impact it has, but like looking back, it's, it's, it seems so little, but it's so big. And, and, you know, it's like, I even think about, you know, my life and granted, you know, bless my parents, incredible people, but you know, I don't even think my, my dad realized, but like he did those pressures, right? Like I, I was a big athlete and you know, my, the, I could never cry. Right. I, I couldn't get injured. If I, if mm-hmm. I get hurt on the football field, like you, you play the next play, like you're not coming out. Like that's just, mm-hmm. it's the process. And it's, it's just so, it's so interesting how we, how and why we, we decided to go about that route. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future. I'm hopeful that we can make these shifts. Um, and I'm curious, mm-hmm. you know, with the men that had come to the Lady Alliance um, various events, uh, I'm curious if you got any kind of feedback from them and like what they said and if that's kind of sparked any um, idea or interest in, in you and, and potentially kind of creating or maybe helping someone else kind of start something something like the Lady Alliance, but for men or I guess maybe all inclusive, oh. if you will. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes, I would, if someone wanted to start a community for men that helped empower men to broaden the scope of what they believe to be masculine, um, I would be all on board to help with that. I think that, um, I think that is missing in a lot of cases. And I think that that would bring so much peace and love to a lot of people. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, it's just been taught generation after generation after generation to be male is to be a certain way. And I just think that that's absolutely, I would, I would love to work with someone on that for sure. Um, the men that have come to our events, now keeping in mind, we did do 16 events in this one tour I'm thinking of particularly, um, we had three men come. I reached out to each of them um, in person at the event and I asked them, I usually do this with the men that come to the event. I want them to feel very welcome in a space that normally they wouldn't feel welcome in. So if the MC goes to them and says, welcome, um, who do you know? Did someone encourage you to come? What, what was the situation? I want to hear how they came and lots of them end up working there or, or um, their wives were speaking or their best friend was speaking. But the three men that I spoke to that were not associated with um, the event itself, one of them came to get a girl's number. I thought that was really precious. He was a young 19, 20 year old guy that 
um, knew that this girl was coming to the event and wanted to get her number, and I thought that that was great. Um, uh, guys, if you're listening hey, and you want to get a girl's number, <laughs> going to an empowerment event and helping empower women that she's obviously very into as well, that's a that's a keeper of a man right there. <laughs> that's a badass so right there. Was, Do it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Um, so that was his his encouragement to come. Um, the other one, he was in the area, he saw a post about it, and it said that it was it included everyone, and there was a woman there that evening that had worked for NASA, and she really wanted, or he really wanted to hear it, and it was actually at that same event that we had the other male that came, and that wasn't related to anyone there, and he brought his daughter. And so those were the three men that weren't related to anyone or friends with the speakers or came because they wanted to support a certain speaker. One was to get a number. One was to hear this woman from NASA speak and um, had just been in the area and saw that it was included for everyone. And then one brought his daughter, his young daughter, to the same speech with the lady from NASA. And and, uh, so those were those three reasons. And I think that there's so many more reasons to come as a male. I think that like we have women that have hiked Everest and summited Everest. We have women that are professional climbers and shifted into climbing at 26 years old and did this late in later in life air, air quotes over here as later in life is not really 26, but a later in life switch to become a professional climber and now just rock it. Um, we've had, we have all sorts of women coming to these events, speaking from NASA backgrounds and UN, United Nations backgrounds and all of these incredible women. There are so many reasons to come. As a man, you would have so many, um, so much good and so much, so many empowering moments within these events themselves. You do not have to be aligned in gender to feel that empowerment. But I think that that's missed somehow. And I think like women go to men's empowerment events or men speaking at events. Like you'll see um, a famous climber, a male famous climber going to Arcteryx and holding an event where he's um, doing a video walkthrough of his climb or whatever that might be. And you see women and men in the same room being empowered by this male speaker. I cannot wait for that to be the same for us. Granted, I realize that having a title like the Lady Alliance's Women's Empowerment Tour might filter a lot of men. I get that. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm waiting for those days that female-led events um, or female films or female um, sports are just as attended as the male sports. That's what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, I think it's I mean, granted, I'm sure from the female perspective, it's not shifting nearly fast enough. But I think it, it's been really cool to see to see the shift in, in the chain that's, you know, that's been happening over the past, I would say, five to five to ten years of my life that I've really noticed. Um, and it's yes. it's really, really cool. And, you know, speaking speaking from myself, um, you know, I think it's it's I think it's really cool the level of growth I myself have had. Um, you know, again, being feeling fully transparent, you know, I think I think I was very much caught up in a lot of these uh, I guess cultural norms and ways of thinking when I was in in middle school and the early part of high school. You know, I was I was always kind of 
in that thought um, of the male and the masculine and being the tough guy and always knowing what I'm going to do next and being the best at everything and just all that. I guess bullshit. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's really, really cool. And and so I want to um, shift because we're, we're starting to get late in here uh, in the podcast. I want to keep you forever. So I want to try and speed round <laughs> some great value for everyone here. So I would love to know, you know, this is the Lady Alliance is a huge. It's a huge thing. It's a huge movement effort, everything. But, you know, obviously you started from the ground. So I would love to know, like for anyone that's looking to create something like this, um, I know just thinking from a bit, starting a business perspective, you know, it can seem just traumatic, like where to even begin. Um, so I would love to, to hear from you if you could ease some of the stress and anxiety from, from some of our listeners here, um, and just kind of work through your process. Like what were some of your, your first steps to really getting the, the lady Alliance, um, going and getting people to, to hear about it and want to be a part of it? Oh, yes. Okay. So the first thing I did was reach out and ask questions. Um, I knew that I wanted to create a women's group. I didn't know what that was going to look like yet. And I reached out to a bunch of different Instagram accounts and I received either no response or just a solid, no, you're a competitor. We're not chatting. Um, I received basically that answer from a lot of people, which really was sad for me. So the purpose behind the Lady Alliance, the reason I really wanted to get going with it was um, I wanted to bring all of these incredible women's groups together. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to show how incredible women were and I wanted to feature these women that were doing these groups and these hikes and these different things because there's so many of them. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to more or less align the ladies, hence the name. <laughs> and. Uh, and so when I was starting to reach out and ask questions and see how people began, um, I was turned away a lot, which was hard for me because my whole thought process was that we would be stronger together and that's what I wanted to stick by. Um, and then someone answered and so the lady that runs the Mountain Girls account, they have about 300,000 followers, her name's Meg, and I reached out to Mountain Girls totally didn't expect to get a message back at that point I was just feeling defeated and um, she messaged me and she asked me what my number was and I was like oh crap like everybody's told me no or told me to get lost in some way or another and now this lady's asking for my number she's gonna call me and tell me to get lost and I'm not gonna be able to handle that because I'll get emotional and this is not gonna be great and she called me and we ended up having an hour and a half chat about where you want to go, how you want to do it. This is how I grew. If you need any help whatsoever, like this, this lady had connections with Burton and like all of these influencers and all of these connections. She was like, in my mind, this gold mine. She is a gold mine. She's a lovely person. And if I would have just stopped asking questions, I think that that would have stopped. So my encouragement to you is to ask the questions, to not hesitate reaching out to people and finding mentors in your area. Without Meg, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am today. I would have felt defeated. I would have felt like, okay, Kieran, this, 
unrealistic idea of uniting all of these girls and ladies and female communities is not going to happen at all. They don't want to be aligned. Just stop. If I would have told myself that and the Meg call wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be here today. But the Meg call happened. I felt inspired again. And fast forward it three years later, now I work with Arcteryx bringing women just like Meg and even the women that shut me down with their communities to the front of the stage for them to share their stories and for them to share their advice to other women and, and run these empowerment tours. And so I didn't stop at the nose. I kept asking the questions. And sometimes it's just your one vulnerable question away from a life-changing move. So that's my advice is to just keep asking the questions and don't be afraid to reach out to people to ask because the right people will be in your corner. And I'm curious, you know, when is when is the right time to start or when is the right time to just, I guess, fully invest or how do you know? Like, I'm curious, you know, when did you when or how were you able to kind of get your your first um, group excursion or kind of trip um, to function? Like how what was your process of, of making that actually a reality? Was it, you know, first just kind of reaching out and connecting with um, just local brands and businesses um, trying to get kind of discounted group fees? Like how did you work through that process? Um, so we did start as just a community, um, and I want to preface it with that because I didn't have, when I started that, like the, the question with the first trip, at that point I had no intentions of being a business. Um, I knew I wanted to create a community and I knew that I wanted to create this movement. Um, I loved my job. <laughs> I didn't have any, any anticipation of leaving my job to run a business like it this wasn't a business for me at that point it was a community but when it comes to that first trip um, I think there was less pressure on me because there at that point wasn't a financial stressor or financial burden um, I was just gonna see where this went so my first steps were I reached out to the Alpine Club of Canada I actually I'll back it up even further I had converted my personal account into the Lady Alliance because I felt like I wasn't adventuring anymore. I felt like I was a bit of a, um, it was a bit of a lie what I was saying to my, my audience because I'm posting old adventure stories and I'm sitting at an office desk and I just kept hearing this brave for a girl comment that everybody just, I felt like they were doubting how incredible women were. And so instead of starting a business from scratch and starting up, I just converted my own personal account. And I was just like, well, I'll show you all of these brave women. And um, and then as that grew, as the Lady Alliance kind of grew traction and we grew in numbers, I put out a question to the community. At the time, we didn't have polls on Instagram. And I just said, hey, who wants to meet in person? And we had great feedback from that. And people wanted to meet in person. They wanted to go hiking. And so I was like, okay, well, we're not going to do a free hike because I live in Saskatchewan at the time. I'm not going to drive six hours to the mountains for a one-day hike and then drive back. So I was like, we're going to make this a long weekend. And so I reached out to the Alpine Club of Canada, and I just kind of told them who we were, what, what I was building, and that there was interest in um, having an event. And I was wondering if we could rent a hut. 
um, for an exclusive weekend and I'll just see who fills in. And they were so generous. They said that we'll book this hut for this weekend, this long weekend, just for you guys. And you can pay us the day before you get there so that once everybody's tickets are in, then you can pay. So I didn't have to pay up front. And I know that that's a really, really lucky thing to have happened for me um, because when you don't have to have an upfront fee, especially as I was just a person running a community. I wasn't, this wasn't a business. There was no bottom line to rely on. Um, so I really lucked out there. And so then I put the community trip out and I think I like, I must've launched it in like April and we sold out in two weeks and this event was for September. And so it was so quick. It happened so quick. Um, that I went back to uh, the Alpine Club of Canada and I was like, I can pay now. Like this is felt full, like I can pay. And so I paid and then they reached out to Mountain Equipment Co-op and Mountain Equipment Co-op reached out to us to partner with us for that trip for sponsoring giveaways and stuff like that. So um, I was very lucky, but again, it just was one vulnerable question away from the change in my life. If I wouldn't have asked the Alpine Club of Canada if they're interested in um, partnering, if I wasn't willing to get that no, then I wouldn't have gotten the yes. And that's kind of where it snowballed from there. So I guess back to your question, it, it, it might not be the right time. It wasn't the right time financially for me, but I knew that I was capable of doing it. And spoiler alert, everybody is capable of whatever they're dreaming. So if you feel like the stars are aligning, go for it. And I guess that, 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 kind of caters to I'm curious did you coin the phrase failing forward no I'm sure I didn't I'm sure I heard that somewhere and I just use it all the time now it's the, it's the first time I've heard it so I'm gonna just I'm gonna go ahead and say you coined it I'm just gonna say that for now because I love it that's it's a really great uh, short and sweet but it's I mean it's so it's so true um I mean there's so many things I can't even tell you the amount of times I have failed and made mistakes as a business owner. But the fact is, is I wouldn't have reached the success I have now if I didn't make those failures. You know, it's it's my failures that have actually made my business as successful as it is, as weird and backwards as that sounds. <laughs> That's exactly it. I think that um, I heard from this lady her name's tiffany and she runs a company called or a socio socio um uh yeah a, a social enterprise company in san francisco and we are doing she's a part of our women's empowerment tour and like i said in the beginning like usually these events are in person but this year with covid we switched and delivered it to a virtual online series so we recorded everything and so i was recording with her last week and Tiffany said, um, and so Tiffany's arm is paralyzed from an accident that she was in. So a little bit of preface there. And, and she said that the thing that got her continuing forward was this question, how can I make this obstacle the greatest thing that's ever happened to me? And I think that that is so perfect. You have to think of these failures as this opportunity for growth. You're going to fail. That's that's a part of owning a business. If you're not failing, you're not trying. And every failure is a stepping stone for something successful. You just have to figure out why and how. 
Absolutely. And so do you think anyone can be a business owner? Do you think you have to have, um, you know, certain characteristics or traits and also kind of coinciding with that? I'm curious if you consider yourself more of an introvert or extrovert and how that might have impacted or how that's, you know, um, I guess affected, you know, your, your growth and just process of being not just the business owner, but again, I know you go out and you tour and you give these speeches. So, um, I'm just curious, you know, if that's something that you had to kind of gain the courage to do, or you've always just had a passion for public speaking, et cetera. Those are great. Oh, I'm really enjoying these questions. Uh, this is like one of the best, this, I think this is one of the best podcasts I've ever been on. This is so much fun. Um, so for your first question, no, I don't think everyone can be a business owner. I think everyone has the capability of being whatever they want to be. Um, if we're talking about coin phrases, I love the phrase and I try and use it as much as I can, that we are capable beyond our wildest dreams. We just have to dream it. That's what we have to do. Some people don't have that dream. I mean, for example, my mom, I am in awe of my mom. I think she's an absolute rock star. She is so business savvy. Um, she's in HR. She just absolutely rocks it. I go to her with a ton of my business questions. She's way more comfortable working for a company than owning a company. And she likes that. She likes the challenge of working with some or for someone, but she loves being able to come home and just be home. And so I think that that's important. I think that taking a moment to really assess like, okay, am I ready for the nitty gritty? Owning a business, it's a roller coaster. It has its highs that are absolutely incredible and enjoyable. And you see the business succeeding and it's so excited. And we kind of almost, society puts it up in a pedestal where it's kind of like, like I am the owner of a company and whatever, whatever kind of mental aspect comes along with that. I think that um we idolize it in a few ways but at the same time we have to be ready to say okay if something hits the fan you do you have what it takes to grit your teeth and get through it because it is not going to be easy running a business for the last few years for me has been the most difficult thing that I've ever done and I have accomplish some difficult things um and that i'm very very proud of i just still think that this business is more difficult than all of those and so i think that you have to be ready to to charge forward with it and to keep going and there's so many places where i could have admitted defeat and probably going to a church soup kitchen was probably one of the places that I probably should have admitted defeat um but yeah you just you get to you get to paint your own masterpiece of a life and and if you want to keep charging through and you want to be a business owner then there's a lot of risk that comes along with that and some people just aren't willing they're capable of taking that risk there aren't willing to and that's okay those people without those people as business owners would be kind of screwed because we need people to work with us as well so wherever you find yourself that's totally okay but if you do want to charge forward and be a business owner um, you got to be ready for a lot of downs with your ups um, for sure and 
Yeah, so with your second question there with the introverted versus extroverted, I find uh, introverted versus extroverted um, or just I, I find the personality types very, very intriguing. Um, if you haven't yet done a personality test, get to know yourself a little bit and try a personality test. I suggest 16personalities.com. Um, it takes you 12 minutes to go through a survey, answer it based on what you feel, and, and it tells you um, a lot about yourself that's just amazingly scary accurate. <laughs> and um, So I definitely suggest doing that. When I was in grade eight, I did my first personality test. It was a part of the outdoor school program that I was in. And at that point, I was half and half, but I leaned more on the extroverted side. So um, I was ENTP when I was 15 years old. And then um, two years ago, I redid the test and I was an ENFP. Um, so I went from thinking to feeling somewhere between 15 and 26 years old or 27 years old, however long ago that was now. And so a lot of my decisions were starting to be made by emotions and I used more of my gut than anything and, and I felt a lot and I can definitely relate to that. I definitely felt a lot. Um, and then I had losses in my life and I went through some difficult times and I did the test again recently and I when I did the test uh, two or three years ago, um, I was an um, ENFP, but I was pretty close to being 50-50 on the entrepreneur or entrepreneur on the introvert versus extrovert side. Um, this time I did it and I am about 67% on the introverted side. So now I've shifted to an INFP-T. Um, so I definitely, if you have no idea what I just said, and that just sounds like a whole bunch of wishy-washy bullshit, I definitely suggest trying it and seeing if it's accurate, if it works for you, awesome. If it doesn't work for you, awesome. Um, but it definitely, it, it, I did find that I've shifted um, to be more introverted. And I see these shifts in my life in very prevalent ways. As I got older and had more emotional experiences happen to me, I started making a lot of my decisions based on my emotions. Um, then when the business came into play and I started with the business, I found and realized quickly that I actually charge being introverted. I think both introverted and extroverted can be business owners. Um, I have to put on a hat. Um, when I, not a, a physical hat, but like a, a metaphorical hat, or I don't want to say mask, because I'm not, I'm not changing who I am when I get up on stage and I talk and I emcee an event or I do a speech or whatever it is. Um, I'm not changing who I am, but I, I, it's like a cup. When you have a cup in front of you and I'm speaking in front of people, I'm draining that cup of the fluids that's in it. And then to fill that cup back up for me to recharge my batteries, I need time alone. And so, and that is actually the reason why on the tours I would sleep in the vehicles because I wasn't ready. Our finances wasn't at a point where I could stay in expensive hotels, especially with the Canadian to American dollar. It changes the price of the hotel significantly. But um, I needed a spot that was just mine and I didn't want to stay with people. So, um, 
yeah, that that's where I needed to recharge was by myself. So um, I am more introverted, but that's just how you charge. If you're introverted and you're ready to get up on stage and go and you just know that for every on-stage event you have, you need a couple evenings to yourself, that's totally okay. But it's understanding yourself, I think, is the most important step there and getting to know how you need to charge and what you need from yourself to be able to fulfill the shoes that you want to fill. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think my biggest um, steps moving forward and, and progressing, whether that's with business and life in general, I think over the past three to four years has just been through self-awareness. I think through that, you know, I've just really been truthful and honest with myself and who I am. And, you know, what I want out of life has really kind of, I guess, aligned me better to um, the vision I have, you know, for for creating my future. I have another tough question for you here. Um, (laughs) So you've had three difficult relationships in the past three years. Mm -hmm. So I would love Mm -hmm. to know what have you learned from your personal relationships and what have like what have they taught you about business and your business relationships? Oh, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, well, boundary work is what I'm working on right now. I am really quickly realizing that the individuals that I do set boundaries with that I haven't in the past before, and that's just me dishonoring myself when I don't set boundaries, um, but they are in that pattern as well. Um, the people that don't understand boundaries and don't respect boundaries, as soon as you put them in place, there is a bit of an uproar that happens. And so that I find is very interesting. So boundary work is the one thing that I'm working on really in-depthly right now. The people that are so valuable are the people that respect the boundaries that you put in place. I think those people are so fantastic because they are able to set aside any personal self-doubt and ego to understanding that the boundary is for your mental health or for them or whatever the boundary is meant to be, that it's there for a good reason. And I think those people are just really important to keep in your life. Um, The other thing that I've learned is to stay true to your values. I, uh, I recently am out of a relationship and a personal, a personal romantic relationship. And he's a fantastic human being, absolute full admiration for this human. But our values weren't aligned. And it just ate at my soul. Because here's this amazing person, and we just do not align in values. And that was really hard to deal with. And so another big thing that I've learned besides the boundary side is, um, don't discount your values. You you are you. You have these boundaries for a reason and it's a really good reason and it makes you who you are. So you can meet the most incredible person in the world and they just might not be that fit for you and that's okay. Um, trying to force it to fit when values aren't aligned or are not not great. And uh, it's it can it can really it can lead to something more negative. And I think that that's where I'm very lucky that we got to avoid. We were able to split paths, all the respect to him. I feel respected in return. 
it's a great release. Um, but yeah, just don't don't discount those values because it can lead you to a path that you're not ready to or welcome uh, into your life. So um, yeah, so those are kind of the two big things is to just stay true to you and stay true to your values and and be with people that respect those boundaries and, and put those boundaries in place yourself. I think those are two very, very important things that I've learned in the last little bit. Um, when it comes to the Lady Alliance and when it comes to my business, I try and make every decision in line with my values so that when it comes to making a business decision, as we talked about earlier, it becomes easier because it becomes a value-based decision. And I think that if you have the community support and people that are in line with your values that surround you, I think that you're just lining yourself up for success. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you got the time for it, I got a couple more <laughs> questions for you, if that's okay. Totally. I've set aside the evening for this, so I've, I'm all ears. I'm enjoying it. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, so for our listeners, um, you're, you're, again, you're a business owner. You're managing a ton of different people. You're Quite frankly, you're doing way more shit than I'm having to even come close to do. So I would love to know, how do you manage fear, stress, anxiety? What do you do when you've got those things going on as a business owner? And, and more so, I'm curious... Because I think this is selfishly, I think this pertains to me, you know, for me, when I have a lot of stress, anxiety, or I just need to, I need a break. For me, I always love getting away. The outdoors has always been my escape. Because, um, you know, filmmaking was was originally just a hobby and something I did for fun. But, you know, as I built that into my business, not that the the love and passion for it dissipates, but when you're running a business, you're running a business, right? So there's a lot of things you have to do that you don't want to do, et cetera. So to an extent, it takes the all the fun aspects. It, it, um, it makes it not as fun, I guess, per se. So I'm curious, mm -hmm. like, is, is the outdoors, is that like, is that your secret sauce to getting over fear and, and stress anxiety? Or do you have something else now because, you know, you're, your passion for outdoors is so heavily, you know, in involved and cohesively, you know, ingrained, I guess, with the, the whole lady Alliance movement and these different, uh, courses and events, etc. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, so I struggle, what I struggle with is, um, eating, and drinking water and releasing tension like everything that you just mentioned i do struggle with it i think that it's pretty normal for a business owner especially one that's struggling a lot of balls in the air and i mean we have a lot of changes with covid and all of these things are really difficult and so taking that moment and breathing is is difficult i find that these simple little things in life like eating and drinking water are so tough to keep up with. I don't even know. I don't understand how people have the time to be parents and be business owners and go to the gym and do all this stuff. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just work and I work all the time. And um, yeah, like I, I'll clock, I'll clock. So my, my perfect shift, I'm a night owl. I like to work at night. 
Um, I think that there's so much pressure and and almost like a guilt trip into getting up at 5 a.m. and working at 5 a.m. and being like this 5 a.m.er. And I think that to be 100% frank and abrupt, I think it's a load of horseshit. I think that um, what is important in that is that you're getting time as a business owner that you're not bombarded by messages and you're not bombarded by other people. What's important with that 5 a.m. mindset is that you have time that's quiet and for you. And so I end up being the opposite. I My usual day when it's heavy work time um, is I get up at, at 8, 8-ish. I kind of get going. I walk my dog. I get going by about 9. I work from 9 until about 5. I take about a 2 or 3 hour break. And usually that involves hiking my dog or going outdoors. Um, but sometimes I haven't remembered to eat in the day. And sometimes that just means I'm eating and getting something into my body at that point. Um, and then I take about a 3 hour break. And by like 8 o'clock, sometimes by about 10 o'clock, I do another shift. And this is not, this is not healthy. I'm not suggesting this to anyone at this point. But I usually get two work shifts done in a day. And that 5 a.m. mindset where you get to like have time to yourself that's quiet. When my life is really busy with work, I have the 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. sometimes time set that or time frame that's quiet where I can catch up on emails and nobody's emailing me back and I can get messages out the door and nobody's messaging me back. Those times are really precious to me because it's that quiet time. So if you're feeling like you're under pressure to get up at 5 a.m., I encourage you to rephrase that thought process and release the pressure of getting up at 5 a.m., but instead finding time where you are just with yourself, where you get to maybe work out and meditate and do your thing. Um, because that's what's important there. It's not the time. I mean, at 5 a.m., our time is 5 a.m. somewhere else. Is like all of that difference. I don't believe in the whole 5 a.m. thing. There's some someone that said that there's like this like magic something that happens at 5 a.m. and and that's why all of these winners get up at 5 a.m. And I think that's absolute bullshit because I'm in Pacific Standard Time and I don't know where you are and Germany's definitely not and all of these winners are everywhere. So <laughs> that I think is a load of crap. But um, finding that time that you are just doing you is so important. So to refresh myself, um, I'm walking my dog. I'll go to the ocean. I just moved to the ocean so I try and spend time as much as possible there. I also really treasure a day off. Um, they're seldom, they're few and far between, but when they happen, I utilize it to the fullest of its ability. I'll go for a hike, I'll have a beer with a friend on the beach, I will just do me. And when people message me about work, it's not answered until I'm working. Um, again, that boundary work is so important. And so when you get a chance to set boundaries and um, create that safe space for you where you get to recharge it's just so so important so yeah I think that having those times to to recharge and and get outside or you know what if you're recharging is Netflix and you want to crush out Grey's Anatomy or 
Ozark or whatever it is, that's great. That is awesome. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be outside. It doesn't have to be ambitious. It just has to be you time. And I think that that's the most important thing for recharging because I burned out in 2018 and I won't be doing that to myself again. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the big things you mentioned there is, is, um, you know, I would, I would call it integrity. You know, the thing you mentioned about, um, I guess kind of sticking to your guns in a sense, you know, it, if you take a day off, not answering your phone, like really, if you're setting those boundaries, it's not just the boundaries you set for other people, but the boundaries and rules you set for yourself, you really need to to stick to um, in order to find that success. But I, I always love asking that question because I think it's, it's really interesting. You know, I, I find everyone has a, a different process. Like for me, my me time begins first thing in the morning. So like getting exercise is, is so crucial. My health overall is just very, very important to me. So like first thing in the morning, like the first three to four hours of my day are just entirely like me time and self growth. And then the rest of the day I work nonstop, no breaks until like nine or 10 PM. Because for me, if I take a break, I won't go back to work. Like I'll just stop entirely. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super interesting, you know, how we have entirely different kind of methodologies. So I think again, it kind of, it almost kind of circles back to uh, the process of just, you know, self-awareness and really going through that process of self-discovery and what actually really does work for you. Totally. And I found a lot of freedom in running a business and having my own timelines with the ability of that. When I worked for, um, when I was in a corporate lifestyle, I would get up at 5 a.m. I'd go to the gym by 6 a.m. I would work out. I'd get to work by 8. I'd work all day and then I was done for the day. And usually I would either go to a quick class with my mom or with a friend and then uh, like a yoga class or something like that. And that would be the end of my day. And, and I didn't have flexibility in my timeline when you get to work for yourself and when you get to test out that timeline, or maybe that's what COVID is bringing some people, this opportunity to see where they fall in that and what's naturally healthy for them. I don't need an alarm anymore. I know that if I work from 10 till one, usually I try and shut her down by one. I don't like to go to the three. I don't, I try not to work past three at all, but by 1am I'm done and I know that I naturally wake up and I'm good to go for the morning for eight o'clock and I'm on a roll and I'm not tired. I, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink tea. I don't drink caffeine. I just flow with my day. And I think that that's just so important because I had this opportunity to test out what my body, my body timeline was. And now I'm just doing my best to honor it. So that's exactly it. Just learning about yourself and what you need is so important. Yep. Oh, I think success is in failure. I really do. I think that it's something that we don't talk about often. Um, success is different for everyone. But if you tell me that you tried something and it didn't work, I'm so stoked about it. I'm so excited about it because that just means that you're trying and you're moving forward with it. So I think that, yeah, success is all in how you move forward after failure. I love that. Um, and so, um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the Lady Alliance, um, but any uh, I just want to see if you can uh, just for 
right now, if you can mention any other areas um, people can find, or I guess just really just drop them all. Any socials, websites, essentially anywhere people can get in touch with you, the Lady Alliance, find out more information. Um, we'd love to just get get some links, some social channels here so people can learn more. Totally. So anything the Lady Alliance will come to me or my team. Um, it is really anything. So the Lady Alliance website, the Lady Alliance on Instagram. We have different chapters as well. So if you want to um, get in touch with your local chapter on Instagram, that works well too. Facebook is definitely our gold mine. Oh, we have Twitter too. I'm terrible with Twitter. I've got a friend that's running that. She's lovely because I just forget about it all the time. Um, but Facebook is definitely our gold mine. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to join our Corn training Thursday workouts, or you want to um, join our mini book clubs, or listen to some interviews, or take part in our local events. We have local chapters that span all across North America, um, and we're growing every single day with new chapter coordinators and new groups. So if you find us on Facebook, you can join your local chapter, you can join us on Facebook for our global community, you can follow our Facebook page, and everything just kind of filters back down to me in the end if you want to reach out. Awesome. All right, so Kieran, we've, we've kind of reached the end here. We're, we're, we've got one more question for you. So I always like to pose this uh, hypothetical. So we're going to pretend here that this entire podcast just disappeared. It's all gone. We don't have any. We don't have any of it. You can only leave the audience one message. What would that message be? That you are one vulnerable conversation away from an absolutely life-changing event in your life, and you just can't be afraid to fail with it. You can't be afraid to not succeed quote unquote you just have to charge forward and and see where it goes and ask those questions because it's just so so life-changing when you step out of your comfort zone amazing thank you again so much for the time um before we we wrap up and say goodbye here is there anything you're really excited about with with the future with lady alliance anything you want to share that you guys got upcoming that that you would like for our listeners to check out Oh, yes. We just launched, as of yesterday, our Women's Empowerment Tour for the first time virtually. So if you join us on Facebook in our global Facebook community or any of the local chapters, you'll see uh, we had 32 women come on and record with us um, their own personal stories, and then we had a panel discussion. So each chapter has a unique set of speakers and, and a series. And then um, our global community has four of the more featured presentations. So we have a lady that summited Everest. She was the fourth Dutch woman to summit Everest. Uh, we have a lady talking about battling fear and pain when hiking in Nepal. Uh, we have business owners speaking. We have a lady that competes in the Olympics, not only in the summer, but also in the winter. I don't even know how that's humanly possible, but she is, yeah, she is an Olympic athlete times two. Um, we talk about diversity, we talk about empowerment, we talk about everything, and it just launched yesterday, and it's going to be live on our Facebook pages forever. It's going to be a video on there that you can see at any time, so join our local Facebook groups and check out this empowering women's event. 
Awesome. Amazing. Kieran, again, thank you so much for the time. Thank you all for listening. This has been Podcast More Life. We're signing out. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun.